This is Retirement Talk. I'm Del Lowry. Though retired, many of us continue to lead lives of action. We refuse to be tied to a rocking chair in front of a television. Our active lives can add a bit of spice to our later years, and also one more story for cold winter nights. How valuable is that? Serengeti Plain on the Maasai Mara in Kenya. Elephants walked right past my tent. I never woke. Everybody else in camp did. I did see the tracks the following morning. They were just about the width of a piece of canvas from where I'd been sleeping. Prince Rupert, British Columbia. A bike thief intent on stealing our bikes, stumbled over our tent guy wires. I woke and lunged out of our tent at a fleeting figure. I missed, but he never came back. Gunsight Mountain, Alaska. A car pulled in late at night and did not set up camp. A young guy sat in the car as it continued to idle. I stole out of the tent with my pistol and sat where I had a good view until he left. Hanalea Beach on Kauai Island in Hawaii. We had a new tent and were the only campers for six days on this beach where part of South Pacific was filmed. Our kids were nine and six years old. It was paradise. A couple of days ago, some retired friends stopped by our house. They do a lot of traveling. They had just been camping out for three weeks in a tent. The following morning, they raved about our beds. Our friends, Rube and Ellie, are near 80 years of age. Ellie's sister, Betty, is 84. Rube is a watercolorist and just completed a workshop in Coopville, Washington, a small town south of us. They're on their way to Vancouver, B.C. They left Ruidoso, New Mexico three weeks ago. They stayed in tents the entire trip. When I asked them how it was going, the response was, We've been having a blast! Rubinelli have cots they sleep on. Betty uses a pad on the ground. They cook their own meals and carry yard chairs to sit on while they play Scrabble around the campfire. They try to stay in state or county parks and, if possible, where there are showers. Betty says, up at dawn and go to bed when it gets dark. You could have a lantern and read after dark, but we just go to sleep. They didn't mention any negatives about tent camping. It reminds me of another acquaintance I have who's in her mid-70s and tent camps whenever she goes. She even goes in winter. I love to wake up in the morning with snow all over the ground, she says. It's just so quiet and beautiful. She camps alone. We have something else in common with our friends. They're bikers. Betty, age 84, just completed a 300-mile ride across Michigan in six days. 
She says, I do it every year. Are you the oldest one? I ask. She laughingly replied, I remember when I wasn't, but I am now. Then we launched into stories about other great bike rides they had done. They biked down the Danube for two weeks. It was an elder hostel trip and just fantastic. Germany, Austria, the river, and beautiful bike trails. Elder hostel even furnished the bikes. They haul your stuff in a sag wagon. You bike free. And in the evening, everything is right there in your room. You get together in the evenings, eat, talk about the day's adventure, and go to bed happy. They went on. Then there's the big ride in Australia. 2,500 people, maybe 500 outsiders and 2,000 Australians. Once again, everything's carried for you. They have a cook tent, bar, and everything else. Rubeds, they stop at every pub. Seems like there are about a hundred bikes around each one, no matter what time of day it is. We've done that ride twice. We've bike cruised in the Caribbean five times. You only unpack once, Ellie offered. Every day you bike a different island. They always stop for lunch where you can interact with local people. Eat, bike, or snorkel. And then take part in all the luxury of shipboard stuff. Great food and entertainment. They left from Puerto Rico four times and once from New York. These are all very affordable, Ellie said. We figure if we can go for $100 a day, that's a good deal. They feed you well. They never go away from an elder hostel hungry. And I've done 30 of them, added Betty. <laughs> one of the best biking stories was one about biking in Mount McKinley in 1956. They used three-speed bikes from Sears and Roebuck. They put them on the train in Fairbanks and then biked into the park. It rained so hard that the bridges all washed out. The road was gravel, and they had to ford all the streams carrying their bikes. Hardly anyone was in the park. The following year, they took an old van on the train and took it to the park. There were seven in the car. They had 17 flat tires. Those were the days when you took the tire off, patched the tube, and pumped it up again. They developed a flat tire routine that was perfect. Ellie went on. We found an old army barracks that was abandoned. They'd left some cots that just had springs on them. We used them. Around midnight, I got up to go to the outhouse and saw just the top of McKinley illuminated by the moon. We'd been in the park for a week and had never seen the mountain. It was always covered with clouds. I woke everyone up. The clouds continued to part and the entire mountain was lit up. Then perhaps 10,000 caribou came into view. It was just an amazing sight. Rube walked down and mixed right into the herd with no problem. It was quite a night, she added. Tent camping and biking and elder hosteling are still out there and enticing for those that want something a little off the beaten path. They have their charm. 
and a large part of it are the stories they leave us. Not many things worth more than a good story. And I have to add, I just recalled one more adventurous story of someone retired. President George H.W. Bush stepping out of an airplane to skydive when in his 90s. Hard to beat that one. This is Retirement Talk. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, contact Dell at retirementtalk.org.